Mark Watson alongside of me, All Black great Justin Marshall. Speaking of great, our next guest, one of the greatest ever to play at centre, Timmy Horan. Tim, good afternoon. Welcome. Afternoon, guys. Thanks for having us on the show again. It's been a while. Yeah, Tim, just uh, some sad news here in New Zealand. The great Bruce Robertson passing away on Friday night. Yeah, sad news, isn't it? Um, I you know, looked him up yesterday and sort of saw, you know, obviously what a player he was and, um, you know, how valuable he was for the All Blacks and not just on the field but also off the field and what an ambassador for the game of rugby in New Zealand he was but also globally as well. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely one of the Prince of Centres often picked in the All Blacks' greatest ever 15s when we do have those. Uh, Tim, let's switch the focus to Friday night. Where does that performance sit in the history of the Reds when we look at Super Rugby in whatever format since 1996? Because that was unexpected. That was against a team that was unbeaten and that was played here in New Zealand. Yeah, it's up there. Uh, of course, the Reds hadn't won in New Zealand for 10 years. I didn't realise it was that long. Um, we had some pretty close losses there, but to win there for the first time in 10 years is huge. And probably in the context of where the Queensland Reds are at the moment, of course, Brad Thorne you know, leaving the club at the end of Super Rugby Pacific. And I think sometimes those matches too, and Marsh, you'd probably agree, you go to those matches where you're you know, huge outsiders. Um, you, know, you, you go in there thinking, well... What's the? There's no downside here for us, and the players they were inspired by, of course, what Brad Thorne's going to leave in a few weeks' time, and it was a very good performance, defensively outstanding, and it's probably for the Chiefs' side when you look at the Chiefs, it's probably good to have a loss before the finals because you go through undefeated. I'd be quite nervous going into the finals of the Chiefs undefeated and having not lost a game throughout the competition so far. Uh, Timmy, good to hear your voice, mate, and really good to have you on the show when an Australian team's actually finally won a game <laughs> in any format, to be honest. <laughs> she's always she's always been a tough ask for you, mate, but you can gloat now, so uh, we'll allow you to do that. Um, well, well, look, uh, we were talking about Tate McDermott earlier, and I've always been a, a, a believer that he's the best nine going around Australia and has been for the last two to three years, but doesn't ever seem to consistently get picked. Um, where do you think he'll sit in Eddie Jones's plans? Yeah, it'll be interesting, Marshy. Um, probably on your first point, yeah, we've sort of obviously the Reds beat the Chiefs on Friday night, and we're just in Canberra at the moment, of course. The the, the uh, Brumbies are taking on the Highlanders, so we might get two from two, Marshy, against the Kiwi wow. teams this weekend. That's, Gee, that's probably a while since that's happened. <laughs> That you could take a public holiday for a week. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, public holiday tomorrow. Hey, um, yeah, I think Tate McDermott on your point there. Um, you've got Nick White, number one, um, in the scrum halves. And you've got a couple that sits outside of that. Of course, Ryan Lonigan, who sits on the bench for the Brumbies, is currently in Eddie Jones' first Wallaby squad. Yeah, and Tate McDermott, you know, he, I suppose when you're in a, a team that hasn't been so successful this year, like the Reds, Tate McDermott, um, his own form has been pretty strong. So it'd be interesting to see what Eddie Jones does. Uh, he'll select another uh, Wallaby squad in four weeks' time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tate McDermott's in that squad. Um, you'd think he probably, to Rugby World Cup, do you take two scrum halves or do you take three? So that's probably the, the point that Eddie Jones has got to look at. And hopefully he'll give all those guys an opportunity. And also you've got Jake Gordon, of course, who captains the Waratahs, is in pretty good form as well. So uh, it's a good decision to have. Yeah, it is a good decision. It's a, nice to have depth rather than uh, scrambling to try and find players, I guess. Uh, bit of chat um, out of New Zealand sort of saying that this is possibly 
a corner slightly turned um, for Australian rugby that a, a side can come here with Wallabies in it um, as well and beat you know our best side in the country at the moment. Um, do you see it as a, a bit of a rainbow, a bit of a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, or do you see it more as just being uh, maybe a little bit complacency from the Chiefs, um, or do you validate that it was just a really good performance and, and the future looks brighter? Yeah, I think the future is looking reasonably bright for Australian teams, Marshy. And, you know, there's some good young players coming through. The depth around positions like the back row, our outside backs. You look at Max Jorgensen, Mark Nwanganitawase and all those type of players. And you've got, you know, those players with the Queensland Reds who really stood up in the back row. Some of those players you might not have heard a lot of, but um, in club football in Brisbane the last couple of years been really strong. And you've got... Someone like, you know, in the Queensland Reds now, you could say they were a young team two, maybe three years ago, but now they're really starting to mature. And, you know, Liam Wright and those type of players, um, you know, with Tate McDermott, they've got a lot more leadership there now. So I think for Australian rugby teams, um, you look at the Melbourne Rebels and how well they've played this year, but they're still outside the eight. So... I think the competition's allowed the Australian teams to build depth over the last two years, and especially going into a Rugby World Cup, there's some tough decisions for Eddie Jones and the selectors, which is a good problem to have. And um, you know, wins like that away from home are important. Beating beating a New Zealand team in Australia, yeah, big tick. But you know, beating a New Zealand team in New Zealand, that's um, a, a bit of a corner turn for um, Australian teams now to go forward with. Yeah, I just want to talk about, you talked about depth in Australian rugby and when Dave Rennie was basically sacked and replaced by Eddie Jones, um, it was clearly because of his win-loss ratio, uh, his inability maybe to, you know, consistently put the same team out every week and I think that was probably, the loss to Italy was probably that uh, breaking point. But is his legacy, his legacy in time, I said this, I, I felt that his legacy was the fact that he will create depth in Australian rugby. Is that a fair assessment? Is that his legacy? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, the amount of players he had to use, one, because of injuries in the Wallabies, but two, because he wanted to create that broader depth in the Wallaby squad. And uh, about three, four weeks ago, I did a couple of interviews with one with Eddie Jones and a couple with some players at the the Wallaby squad camp. And all of them said how great um, Dave Rennie was and what a legacy he, he's left. And, the, and Eddie Jones said it himself that he's left this uh, Wallaby squad in a really good position for Eddie to pick up and, and take forward. So, um, you know, a lot of the players were quite keen to have Dave Rennie take them through the Rugby World Cup. Of course, Eddie Jones came along and that stopped that. But yeah, he's left a left a reasonably wide squad there for Eddie Jones to take forward in a lot of different positions now. Where do you see the Waratahs going from here? They, they've got some players back. They look a bit of balance. Uh, they've got a bit of strike now, which they were lacking. Um, getting guys like Parisi back um, really helps their balance, particularly in their back line. Um, they've got some quality finishes out wide. Do you Do you see them... Challenging in, in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and possibly even going further? Marshy, I reckon the Waratahs are the smoky team going into the... When you go to quarterfinals, they're going, so I think the top five are probably out and gone. Um, so it's really everyone's fighting for six, seven, and eight. And the Waratahs, they get a couple of players back. Um, Lenny Sioux, he's um, been out sort of this weekend. If he comes back... Uh, Lange Gleeson's in great form. Um, of course, take um, uh, Gordon, 
the way that he leads his team around. And, and they're back three now. It's just starting to get connected. Um, Dylan Peach, um, Mark Nwongnitawase, and then, of course, Max Jorgensen at 15. Had a bit more time in that 15 jersey. Of course, he's still only 18 years of age. We've got to realise that. But they're just starting to get connected at the moment. And they're going to be a very hard team to beat. They can get some momentum. They've got... Um, Drew up next week, then they play the Crusaders, then they play Moana. So you would think they'd pick up two of those next three matches, which is going to sit them, you know, in sixth position, may get to fifth mm. if they can, but they're going to be a really tough team to beat in those quarterfinals coming up in four weeks' time. What are you up to today, Timmy? Are you doing the um, Highlanders Brumbies game? I saw a picture of you during the week uh, with your cowboy hat on from your farm with a can of beer in your hand and I was thinking to myself I hope you're not doing that today um, that you are actually doing some work uh, I, was, I was out of the farm last weekend Marshy we were buying some new Angus steers and selling a few so oh. it's all a bit of fun but we've just arrived down in Canberra at GIO Stadium so I'm here with Nick McArdle and where he says to wish his best and um, yeah so <laughs> Good opportunity for the Highlanders here. Of course, the Highlanders, um, no Aaron Smith again. Fakatava playing at nine, so that's going to be a, a nice little battle. Um, Nick White, who, of course, is going to the Western Force next year for two years, the Wallaby number nine. So, yeah, it'll be interesting one for the Highlanders to see if they can try and climb out of that bottom four and get into the top eight this afternoon. Oh, well, just finally, because we will let you go. We know you've got work to do, um, and not surprising to hear Nick McArdle either get his voice or his face somehow on some form of any media. So not surprised to hear him yelling out. Um, I heard that, Marcy. There you go. I knew it. Um, where where do you see the Brumbies, uh, mate? They, they, they've been pretty consistent all year, struggled away, obviously, uh, in New Zealand. But you would think that their push to, to getting at least to a final has to be them playing quarters and semi at home um, if they're going to be successful because they don't look so good in New Zealand. Yeah, I think, Marcia, you're right. I mean, Steve Larkin um, has taken this team to a different level after Dan McKellar left, and Dan McKellar did a wonderful job as coach for the Brummies. But then Steve Larkin, I think his experience offshore in, in Ireland, uh, he understands the kicking game a bit more, understands the, the grind of week-in, week-out rugby now. And, yeah, you're right. They've got to finish in the top two. So they've got to finish second. They finish second, mm-hmm. you get a home quarter, then you get a home semi, um, and then if you get through to the final... Um, you know, it depends on who you play. You might host a final if the Chiefs get knocked out along the way and you finish the top top of the table. So uh, really important to stay in this top two. So this afternoon's game's important in many different ways, but, you know, for the Brumbies to get back in the top two. So, um, But we're just about to jump out of the car. We're going to go get a Villies pie and um, and a soft drink and, and rip into this one, the Savi, Marshy. Oh, well, thanks for joining us, Timmy. Say good day to, to all the lads there from Stan Sport and... Um, you guys behave yourself tonight in Canberra. I know what a quiet town can be like when the big city slickers come in, so make sure we don't see in the papers tomorrow, eh? No, nah, we'll be all good, Marcy. We won't follow your lead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lovely to have you on the programme, Tim Horan. Thank you.